Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. of the Roker Report, the latest episode, I shall say. You join us now shortly after the game against West Brom, in which, guess what, we managed a point. That's right, fuck you, Premier League. Sunderland got a point on the board. I'm joined here today with Gav, Tom, James and Michael. So, how's everyone doing? Better than better. For a change. Better. better, that was a resounding better from everyone. Well, well, it was, it was kind of like um, we ended more positive than we have in recent weeks so I mean it's something to build off as long as Moyes wants to build off it like I mean he kind of fell into playing five at the back because of an injury and and uh, the the substitution which he had to make brought us a goal and and obviously players looked a bit more comfortable when they were shuffled around so mm. I mean if the guy wants to if he wants to go forward with that as a as a system then yeah it's a, it's a big positive but um, it, it, we didn't win, and every every one of us knows we need to win mm. uh, desperately at this at this stage. But um, the next couple of games really are, are going to be more of an indicator of where we are. I think I do feel because they're away from home against teams that we could be in a scrap with. Mm. Um, so yeah, the performance at the weekend was more encouraging to say at least because just simply he, he got players into into a system towards the end of the game who uh, or which which suited us a lot more than than what we've been playing and we've, we've been seeing it for ages really Sunderland don't have any wingers but we're trying to play with wide players um, we're not getting enough support at the striker and the defence isn't good enough and they're, they're leaking too many goals at least with that five at the back formation with the, with the three in the middle Kasri playing as a ten and then Watmore getting up next to the striker uh, Defoe obviously that, that gives us at least some hope that he's trying to get the best out of the players which he has because I think you'll all agree the first few weeks of the season have been a bit of a damp square but especially in terms of pattern of play none of us really know how we're going to play mm-hmm. and, uh, and and obviously yeah it was it was better it was better but I mean as a, as a general performance it was still very poor mm-hmm. but, but it was better it was better like it, yeah. you would say it's still not good enough um, they were fairly solid for the first 30 I thought and then when they scored they went missing again it was lack of quality in the final third as we've said all season they lack the killer pass had plenty of huffing and puffing um, just not really enough quality as Gav said they were much better when they went five at the back and when Watmore was put more centrally he certainly looked a lot better it must have been his might have even been his best game for us like I thought through the middle he looked much more of a threat 
if only he'd get his head up a bit more. But, mm-hmm. you know, when he's got a bit of pace running at centre-backs, you know, he, he he looks much more of a threat than he does out wide, that's uh, for sure. Particularly, I, mean, I think, I don't know. Sorry, go on, mate. I was, I was going to say about the, mention the, the change-up in um in the team roster, obviously we, we had quite a few changes. We had Denier playing out of position. Uh, we had Gilabodji on the bench with O'Shea taking his place, which for me seemed to add a lot more strength to the back line. I mean, obviously it wasn't a great performance uh, until we swapped out, like, until we turned to a five at the back, but I still think we had a lot more composure, a lot more leadership under John O'Shea again, being back in that line. So that's that was good for me to see. Yeah. Going back to Jim's point about the quality... If you looked at the statistics, I know we're saying it's better, but if you go back and you actually look at the match statistics, it reads awfully. We let West Brom have seventeen shots. Okay, they got all... seven on. No, they got no. seven on target. We didn't. And we didn't get one we... until the eightieth minute, did we, or something like that? Yeah, we had we had two shots on target, and the first one was in the eightieth, and then Van Arnholtz was the second. Mm. We managed set seven shots all day against West Brom, and to me, that's alarming on two fronts. Because I do agree that John O'Shea coming back in added some solidity to a really rattled defence. But still, letting 17 shots yeah. against the West Brom team, against a Tony Pulis team, I know they've done pretty well this year, but letting 17 shots against a, a team that likes to sit back and absorb pressure must be ringing some worry and some, some bells somewhere for someone to worry. Well, and on the other end of the pitch, Jim's right, though. You know, zero penetration. You know, it was... It's frustrating more than anything. The funny thing for me is I felt we attacked better against Palace and yet we lost that game. But we probably attacked better because Palace gave us the chances. But the thing is, I mean, West, to be fair to them, I'll give West Brom a bit of credit because I thought they went for it a bit more than I thought they would. Yeah. I mean, certainly 17 shots tells its own story. Seven. I'm looking at the stats here, seven of them were on target. And I felt like they really did bits of their homework and tried to test us from set pieces a lot. I was amazed they didn't go more. have more of a goal for us on that perspective. But... From the point earlier about the attacking threat, yeah, I mean, I thought but after Defoe's um, miss in the first few minutes, which he should really have buried, other than that, I didn't really feel we created very much. And even the goal we had was a bit like a, I think Van Holt trying to stab it at the ground and it bounces over Ben Foster and goes in. I'll take it like, it got us a result, yeah. got us, at least got us a point, but it's still, it, going forward, it... Mm, at least, well, you, defense, at least the defence looked better, but it's not exactly hard. So, I, will, I, will, yeah. I will say, though, I don't know if anybody... Uh, listen to Moyes after the game, but he he made a point of pointing out that West Brom spent a lot of money on their two main attack threats, and we just didn't. We haven't. He he, he kind of to the to the effect of, um, well, when I look at my bench, I don't have a great amount of attacking options. We've just got to work with what we've got, um, and I suppose he's in that sense he's recognised that his most attacking player on the bench was actually a left back and had to. That shuffle things up, and uh, that's going to be an issue for us going forward, really, because we don't have anything in terms of uh, options off the bench to mm. replace even Defoe if he's having a bad game. I mean, I mean, he's human. He missed. He proved that at the weekend. Mm. He made, you know, he had he added on a plate that first chance and and put it wide. But he's human. He, he scores. He scores more than he than he puts wide. But generally speaking, you can't. It, it was a it was a reminder really that. Jermaine Defoe were relying on him too much because um, when he misses a chance like that in a game and things aren't going his way the second one he had he had time to, to settle it and shoot and it didn't seem as instinctive as he would normally go for it and maybe hit it first time mm. um, and, and, and I, I think it was kind of a reminder that sometimes the other players have to step up so uh, yeah it, it was it, look it wasn't it wasn't brilliant No, let's not kid ourselves um, we didn't 
we didn't set any trees really did we you know it was it was it was with Sunland we've got to try and grind out performances and and pick points up when we're not usually expected to at one nil down I didn't feel like we were getting back in the game mm-hmm. um, and, and then, like, yeah right. and 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 we stumbled effectively across some sort of system which which sort us out I mean you can, you can give an element of credit to Moyes on that he, he made changes and recognised where we were going wrong um, I know Kirchhoff was injured but a minute before that he made an absolute howler oh yeah uh, he, he wasn't on he certainly yeah, wasn't on top he, of his game was he no, wasn't, wasn't, and, and wasn't he partially at fault for the goal as well, though. Yeah. Well, he's not he's not with it at the minute. But regardless, there was the we weren't holding the ball, uh, we weren't supporting Defoe enough, and um, what more was obviously going to be more, more effective through the middle. So when we had to change everything, he brought Rodwell in, who I'm not I'm not his biggest fan, but he he did. Other than that, other than that, uh, half-hearted attempt at a tackle towards the end, he he kind of controlled the tempo better for us, and we kept the ball better, and and we moved it around a lot more. Um, Van Aanholt even played a great ball at Kazri, which obviously led to the oh, second chance. Unbelievable ball yeah. that gave, wasn't it? So, oh. But it's it's just we, 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 we you could see a difference, and you could see you could see there was a plan B there, and we've sat in here and we've criticised Moyes for that for not not knowing when to change yeah. it and not having a plan B. Like we went behind against. When we went when we went ahead against Palace, there was obviously a big big issue, and and we had to we had to recognise through our game management where to change it, and we didn't, and we end up losing the game. And I would I would to his credit, I would say there was a definite plan there when we went behind, and we, we got back in the game through our own merits. But I mean, he, he had to change the team as well. Really, it was it was it was evident that Patrick Van Aanholt and Gillibodji needed to be brought out of the team in some shape or form and when I saw the starting 11 like all of you I guess you'll have seen Mankio and Denian thought oh well Mankio go left back Denian slot back into right back like he did against Spurs and we'll go from there and it kind of wasn't was it it was it was the opposite. Denier looks Denier like he's just, yeah, he, he did struggle certainly. I, he, he doesn't look like he's capable in, in that sort but, of role. I, I don't so, rate him at all. But, but so when, we, when we went to that back five, when we went to that back five system though, and he went centre half, mm. he was quite comfortable, and he made a couple of yeah. interceptions. I suppose he's a centre back. Well, just you know, it was noticeable. It was just me sitting me seat at the game, but it was noticeable looking at the players and their body language and their confidence as the game went on. As soon as we switched to that system, where we, we didn't really play with any width, but width came from the full backs, um, and and we got support of the striker. The confidence grew, and it was almost as though they're looking at like we have been the last few weeks and going, "This is exactly what we need. We need we need to start playing our strengths." Duncan Watmore has played twice through the middle this season, created two goals, one against QBR yeah. and one the other day. Went through the middle, and it was a lovely little one-two with Van Aanholt really in the end. It was a good move. It's not just good that touching. as well, though, is it? It's the it's the corners and the free kicks that he brings in. They're all opportunities, perfectly good opportunities. I mean, yeah, it sucks having a corner or a free kick when you've got no one who can get their head to the ball, but. It's, you can't fault him for that. Certainly, he's, he, he just causes such a nuisance on that back line. You know, I think someone yeah. said actually he's a bit like James McLean, and like, I do remember that initially when James McLean was running on and taking on players and just going past them until he got sussed out after about four months. He was doing really well at it. Um, I would like to see him get his head up a bit more. To be honest, I would like to see him take on the shots. I want to see him pull the trigger. He's a striker. I hate seeing him get within ten, twelve yards of the goal and not shoot. And like it, on the one hand, it's it's a great thing if you can get 
team players, someone who can see the run of their teammate and try and get the ball to them. But if you're not getting that service to them, you might as well take the shot yourself. See what I mean? Especially mm. for a striker, a striker who's young and plays for the under twenty ones, England under twenty ones. I think he's. I don't know if he's been told not to have a shot. I don't know if he's been told or if he just thinks, oh, I've got to do everything I can here to get it to someone else. Is the pressure on him? I'm not sure. I think the ball, the ball, the ball just gets stuck in his feet a lot, and I think that's. Is he too fast for the ball? Is, is it, that's what it seems like, doesn't uh, it? It gets but, trapped under his legs. Well, he, he's a, he's first and foremost he's a centre forward, and and you saw with him playing through the middle, his directness and pace running at centre halves as opposed to full backs mm. is more effective. Even even if he's winning your free kicks around the box, we don't really have a player that does that. Yeah. I mean, Barini would do. Barini was that guy when he, he was a, he was the player picking up the free kicks around the box for us uh, by getting fouled there's just certain players have a knack for, for picking up uh, being fouled really and and what more with, with the pace and directness he's got running at a centre half is more effective in my eyes and I've, I've been bleating on about this for ages I've been saying if you're going to use what more you use him through the middle and you get him next to Defoe and especially Defoe's hold up play is really good um, it's probably one of his own, most underrated um, part of his game, he, he, he's got he's got to getting the ball in and into his body and just holding it. He's got a good low centre of gravity, and if he can get someone like Watmore buzzing around him, uh, creates a lot of space. Like uh, there was a there was a moment in the game when um, it was actually in the first half when Pickford played a ball out of his hands. It was like, probably the best pass I've seen all season, to be honest. Driven pass yeah, across the ground into Four's path. Quality yeah, ball. and the problem, but the problem was though. When it went up to Defoe, there was nobody getting past him because we weren't playing with anybody through the middle, going box to box effectively. Yeah. So when the ball went forward quickly, Defoe had to hold it up for a while before Kasri got forward. I think we just fumbled with it and we didn't do very well. I mean, you um, know that Kasri had a fantastic game, certainly. Certainly one of his better games in the jersey. Um, but at the same time, so did Dong, in my opinion. I, I thought two standout oh, yeah. performers in that game. They really, really worked for it. Gave 110%. Yeah, he's, he's far more mobile than any of other, uh, other midfielders, like especially when you miss Catamol. Mm. You just think, if we actually had players who, around him, would do a bit more running or would move into space, it would just, it would give him, it would create a bit more space for other players in the team. He he seemed to do the running for about three people, I thought. Mm. Yeah, um, great interceptions as well. Quality interceptions from Andal. I mean, Kershaw looks. He looked well out of sorts again. I, I really hate to be negative about Kershaw, but he also had a couple of opportunities where he should be pulling the trigger, and he was always looking for the next pass. And he just, he just does not look even half the player he did last season. Maybe he needs a, a spell on the sidelines. Actually, maybe you need to take him out. Maybe you play someone like a Kazri in a midfield three because he's so much better centrally. He yeah. just his his energy, his work rate. He looked a bit rusty at times. I think you'd all agree. But then he's not had that much game time. I just think Wabi Kazri's a for me. He's number ten. I I don't think he's quick enough to play down the wing. Um, and as Gav said earlier, we do lack wide players, which is probably why he's been played mm. there. But I'd play him at the head of a three in midfield. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well. Um, at this stage of the season, we we can't afford passengers. And I'll bang on about it all the time, but this five-man defence allows us to create competition for places because it means we've got centre-halves now playing for three positions. It means um, in central midfield, you can't have passengers, really. If you're playing a five-man defence in in three in the middle, one of them's got to be more advanced, which we would imagine would be, you know, Kazri or, or maybe... 
maybe what more Gooch, somebody like that. But more than likely, it's going to be Kazri. And the two behind him have to be really busy. We've seen in Dong, he, 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 the, the one the one thing you can say about his performance the other day, I wouldn't say he was a standout performer. I would, I would say first half, he was very good. Second half, you didn't see a lot of him. But one thing he never does is goes into hiding. He always wants a ball. And that's maybe a little bit of his undoing because he wants the ball deep sometimes. And I think that might not be his job when one Kirchhoff's there but generally speaking he's busy and he wants mm. the ball and that means that means that um, you've got to find now a partnership which obviously was struggled a little with in the game Kirchhoff strolled around again I'm really not impressed with him this season that's a different subject um, and, and McNair was pretty anonymous he's done his best Tommy Miller impression just bandied about really didn't didn't show for the ball enough and, and Dong does that um, and it wasn't really until uh, Rodwell came on I mean other than like I say he, he bottled a tackle near the end but generally speaking we, we kept the ball a lot better with Rodwell on the pitch and we have to find now two midfielders who are going to be busy you would imagine it'll be Catamol really Catamol and Dong if you're going to play with a number 10 you're then you're then looking at somebody like Lee Catamol to sit alongside and Dong and just keep him right because he's he's got he's got a bit of a temperament. He he, he has a, a tendency to pick up bookings which he shouldn't, and he and he's he's a he, he's not a liability, but he you know he's got to be more measured. And Catamol's been through all that when he was younger as well, so I think he could but he could benefit from playing alongside Catamol when he's fit. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple of weeks really to, yeah. to sort that out. But generally speaking, there's there's got to be now competition for places, especially. Especially when we're in the predicament we are, we can't have passengers. Gillibodji was dropped because he was playing poorly. Fanan Holt was dropped because of the two errors which led to goals in the Palace game, I would imagine. And he came on and responded. He did that last year under Allardyce too. But I think when when you when you're struggling, you have to find a way of creating competition. Otherwise, you, you're just carrying players every week. Which means to me, as good as Kirchhoff was last year, don't get us wrong. Um, I think it might have been Jim O'Callum last week said. Kirchhoff was one of the favourite players ever for mm. Sunderland. Based on last yeah. season, yeah, yeah. Based on last season, totally agree. But this is a new season, and, and he's, I think I think we're carrying him at the minute. He, this is this is this is a problem David Moyes has got. Really, he's got a very good footballer there. We all know how good he is. Um, but if you're not going to be impactful in the game, um, and there's players in your position sitting on the bench. You have to look over your shoulder now and think, yeah, maybe I'm not as untouchable as I thought well, I was. He, he, he looked genuinely frustrated, didn't he, Kirchhoff? Watching well, him, like, really, he, really he, frustrated. He, he, he obviously got booking early on, but, um, yeah, he, he looked very just agitated, uncomfortable in general. I mean, I, I agree with James, actually. Whoever it was said that Kirchhoff's one of their favourite footballers ever because, yeah, as you say, Gav, based on last season's performance, I mean, obviously, apart from his debut against Spurs, which we'll, we'll never forget, uh, after that, he seemed to do so well. He was just such an integral part of a, a solid midfield, hold the ball, pass the ball forward. Brilliant. Just the basics, really, that you expect from them. But obviously, we're, we're not used to seeing that too much at Sunderland. So when you get a proper quality... His issue, I think... No, Karen. Sorry, mate. I think, his, I think his, his issues, his fitness, I think, I still don't think he's fit enough. It took, it took so long to get him up to match fitness last season. It wasn't really until about a month or so after he'd actually joined... Did we really see him do well, you know? And I think that's the same again. This season he had a disrupted pre-season. He's kind of thrown into a midfield that I think he really misses Mbila. Mbila <laughs> gave him options. Well, yeah, we're all, we're all <laughs> pining for Mbila. We're going to have that till January at least, though, aren't we? But that's a different no, topic. Like, I don't I, even... He, I we think, won't even come then. 
Michael May, he won't even come then. There's like talk of him signing another contract in Russia. I think we've missed the boat on him, unfortunately. I think. And I, I think. think Sorry, I'll just interject. I think we just have to forget about him until it becomes an option again. At the end of the day, we've got, a, we've, we've got a lot of football before January and and, and we, we can't keep pining for a player that we haven't signed. Unfortunately, we don't have him. We have to find a way of playing without him. And uh, it's, it's hard that seems at this stage. It's gonna. It, we just have to get over him. And we have to, like I say, find a system which suits. It's so, it's so, it's so plainly obvious that that, as soon as every, as soon as everybody slotted into a position that suited them at the weekend, they all looked ten times more confident, ten times more comfortable, and and as a result, was scored. Yeah, and, it's square yeah. pegs in square holes again, isn't yeah. it? It's 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 Steve Bruce did it, and he he was playing players out of position in order to fit them in, and we don't need to do that. Playing five at the back, it's 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 a lot more effective, um, and also we 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 don't actually, we actually do have a lack of wide players at the club. I mean we. We don't really have any natural wingers, so why you would play such a wide formation is beyond me. I think five at the back is such, such a better formation for us. But going back defensively, I just want to highlight, I think we almost got off quite easily at the weekend. I think if you look at some of West Brom's chances, I mean, Rondon's got a header in the second half that if that had gone to Benteke last week, I mean, that's that's 2-1 West Brom. Um, it, he made... There was... Quite a lot of space for the for the um, for Rondon for quite a few of their goals, and I think it's still they're not getting they're not getting into people's faces quick enough. I think yeah, that's what, you would have, that's what you expect from Tony Pulis, though, isn't it? I mean, I think like I said, I mean, def- defensively, I think we did we did I think everyone's right. We did look better when we switched to five at the back. But my only issue I would have with um, playing three central defenders, I mean, if you take is it O'Shea, Denier, and um, What's about Corny? If you have them three as your main central defenders, who have we got other than that? You know what I mean? Like in terms of Killer Bodgy McNair. Yeah, <laughs> we have a few. <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't McNair recently assigned as a as a, as a defender? He's no. played there for United, but I mean, if, if you're saying there's a worry about injuries and who we're going to put there, we have two others. Whereas, look at the wingers. We we don't have wingers, <laughs> so it's quite right. Why are we play in a formation where we have literally on, on no the point, wingers? On the point of playing white players, I'll just go back to Kasri. I think one thing. I mean, I, I've um, I'll make no secret this. I've sl- I mean, Yanazai is obviously out injured, and I've slated Yanazai after last after last couple of performances. But it's just to me, although Kasri doesn't, um, although Kasri obviously hasn't been fully match fit himself, I sh- I saw more energy in Kasri's performance on Saturday than what I saw from Yanazai in the previous three or four games he played, which yeah. says a lot. You know, I mean, Yanazai well, don't get me wrong is a good player, but it's just Kasri offers the. The work rate, as an obvious sense, is set pieces are very good. But you know, I just, I just, I just the only thing that does worry me is that Moyes is playing him just purely because Yanezai is injured. Although obviously, I hope well, it, he plays long term. Yeah, well, the, the the thing is though, I think in our predicament, we've got a kind of substitute style with a bit of bit of you know industry. Like we we we, we can't afford to carry players like Yanezai. I, I said this last week. He's exactly. just. He's too un- he's too inconsistent at this stage to be to be playing week in week out, um, especially when we don't we have a lack of options from the bench. And I, I was having a conversation <clears> earlier, and I made a point that um, you look at even teams, a lot of the promoted teams who've come up, and I think they'll inevitably struggle. But Burnley, for instance, picking up a win here and there, playing with probably the worst squad in the league, you have to you have to look at what they're doing and go right. Well, what have Burnley got? And what do they do to make sure they score goals? They play people in positions 
in the best positions and the play a style and the play a system which suits the players that they've got because that's all they've got. And we I think I think as a fan base we're kind of we're not deluded in that sense, but we've got to we've got to realise that we have a pretty poor squad. Well, um, we don't have a lot of depth, and we've got to we've got to make sure that you know if we've only got sixteen players to pick from, um, we pick a team that suits all sixteen players. We don't pick a team that suits Adanyanizai and Defoe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We have to pick. A, we have to stop developing a pattern and a and a style, and then from that you can build on it and you can stop. Picking a more consistent lineup. I mean, we haven't we haven't had the same team. I don't think more, more uh, for no. two games running because I mean due to a lot of reasons, not playing well and, and injuries being the main two. But really, um, the season's still long. Well, I think we're, you, we're, you, you we're lucky next, we've got that. Um, games, we're know? lucky we've got the international break. I know we said earlier like it's it's a too little of an improvement, but I suppose when you consider the short amount of time that Moises had to work with the squad anyway. That even that one point, even those small points of improvement, if we're just gradually, slowly in increments, getting better, slightly better. No, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's a good thing. The international breaks come up. I would actually say the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing I think if you've had a, debate, if you've had it, if you've had a positive, yeah. Well, I mean, if you've had a positive. So you can you can kind of say it was a positive performance. You want another game, don't you? You want it. You want the the players, especially. You'll want to be mm. back out there, and I mean it's the same every year. And these international breaks are real timed, especially when you're struggling. Because what's it now? Seven games in. It's the second international so you break. So you would say it would be better it's, to have another game coming up this weekend than having the time to oh, work oh, on oh. the game next weekend. In fairness, they would want to play this weekend, wouldn't they? If they've just well, I, would, uh, I, I think even if you'd lost, you want to be playing a game. I don't want to play again quickly, though, I mean, <laughs> after that performance, yeah. I'm sitting there going, oh, Christ, well, please get better. Just something happened in these I mean, two I mean, weeks. And none of us are watching England. You did mention the point thing, though. People have to remember that, although obviously the start has been poor... We're only two, the fact is we're only two points off seventeen. Well, we're saying we're saying whatever way you want to whatever way you want to I know that, that. Yeah, okay, that, that's <laughs> like okay. On a, on, a, on a slightly different <laughs> note, right? <laughs> we, uh, we were talking about we were talking about squads. We were talking about like how thin the squad is. Um, okay. I'm, I'm sure everyone no, knows just, that right. Gooch got his first call up. For US internationals, uh, for the US national squad, and yeah, I, I wasn't uncomfortable that, yeah. at all with having Gooch on the bench. I, I was looking at him and thinking, you know what, he's he's quite a a battler. Do you know what I mean? He's got he's got an engine on him. He's industrious. He's quite attack minded, and he's he, he needs a bit more time certainly to become the finished article that you want as first choice for your for your Premier League team. But certainly, I, I didn't feel underwhelmed at his presence. And when he came on, I know he's only on for like five minutes, but. I think within two minutes he was in a tussle with another player, wasn't he? He lad, lad kicked yeah, out. Yeah, he was. He put himself lad about. Him. I mean, he was just. He, he, and that's one thing. And you, I love that. That's a, a showing of yeah, passion. You can't. You you can never say that he would shirk away from the match, but you would say this is the perfect perfect situation for someone like Lyndon Gooch. He should be coming off the bench. He, he's the kind of player where you want to be introducing him for you know twenty fifteen minute spells into games. You don't want to be starting him. Um, and you know, if we can just restrict them to substitute appearances this season, you could see him turn into a really decent player. It's just unfair to put so much responsibility on him, which we did at the yeah. start of the season, because it was he looked a bit. I think in the last game he played, he looked a bit overwhelmed, maybe. And he, uh, he there could be a good player in there. He is a good player in there. What do you think about that, Tom? Lyndon Gooch, being in America and everything. I like him. Hype about him there. Uh, he's, <laughs> well, 
he, he's rated very highly. A lot of people who I know are actually really heavily involved with some of the USA junior teams, mm. like youth teams. And uh, he's he's rated really highly in America. He's obviously making the trip over to Cuba. So it's a, it's a big deal for us over here that um, America are going to Cuba for the first time in something like 50, oh, 60 yeah. years. But as in, in, in terms of his technical ability... Uh, he's really highly rated. It's not so much we see him as this like workhorse buzzing around the field. He's he's rated as like a winger more so than a central midfielder. And I think actually if we want to play him in a role somewhere in the team, I think coming on for Kazri or a winger uh, will be really interesting now that Ndong's kind of fulfilled that role that we were asking him to fill in for. So it'll be really interesting to see him come back into the squad. Quite right as Jim's saying, I don't expect him to play 90 minutes. But if you can give him 25, 15, 30 minutes in a more advanced role, it'd be great to see what he could do. And it's it, there's no harm in doing it at the, at the minute. It's not as if we're keeping a superstar out the team when we're yeah. performing well. Um, much much like Gav said, we need to experiment with what we're doing. And if it's talking about playing five at the back, that's great. Bring Gooch on, maybe play him as like a shadow striker, maybe play him in that midfield three. But it's there's no harm can be done by bringing them on. We don't have anybody else, <laughs> so why not? He's, defi- he's definitely <laughs> like more. That we don't he- have anyone else. We'll bring. <laughs> yeah. no, you definitely not? think he should be playing more centrally as well. I don't see him as a wide player. I mean, he's playing out wide at the start of the season. I just think he's not quick enough to play out he was, wider. He's a number ten, wasn't he, for the under twenty ones for a long time? Yeah. He, yeah, he's 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 very comfortable on the ball, but he's not got the strength or pace to beat his man on the wing, well, I don't think. Honest, so, yeah, he's so he's not going to trick either. Was singing the praises of um, DeAndre Yedlin when I didn't think he was particularly up to much. I think there might be... Yeah, and Andrew Josie Aldador made him cut. quite large sort of chasm <laughs> in quality between Premier League and... But I think as well, at the same time, you look at players like Christian Pusilic at Borussia Dortmund, is probably going to be like one of the best young players in this generation. And then there's Julian Green, and there's talk of Lyndon Gooch in a squad that will include those players. So for the people to come out and say that Lyndon Gooch technically is not as gifted, but could play in a team with those kind of players, there must be something really good to him. It's not just the old Yankees saying, oh, he can kick yeah. a ball, he must be good. You know, he's, he's not just yelled at all. He's not just come out of nowhere, yeah. you know, he's... He, he, he was the captain of the under twenties of for America wow. for a couple of years. You know what I mean. So he's he's known he's known on the national scene. Um, they've obviously been waiting for him to break through at Sun, and and I wouldn't say he's, he's you know I wouldn't say he's been particularly brilliant since he's come through. But that's maybe because we're demanding too much of him. He's mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm with someone made a point just before I can't remember who, but I'm I'm with on that point where um, you want to be bringing him on late in games. Probably want more too. To be honest, I think we're just in a situation where want more where we've got to play him. But um, I think with Gooch, you, you you do now have the opportunity to to just bring him on for the last ten fifteen when you when you need a bit of energy. And he he showed that at the weekend. He he went flying into a tackle and then you know started pushing and shoving. But he, it's the type of thing that gets the crowd on on side because we don't mm-hmm. see enough at home. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder and I'm bored stiff at the minute watching Sun. And even when we we scored at the weekend and I could barely raise a smile at it and I, I don't know what it is I wasn't pur- I wasn't doing it on purpose I just I was kind of like oh we've scored yeah there we go and I, I didn't really feel much emotion when the ball hit the back come up the other end and uh, go in the lead again to be honest to be honest the, the hour leading to the ball this is going to be short lived and they're just going to go and score a late winner aren't they it's a, I know I was the same as I was there and I just when Van Anhol scored I just again not on purpose but I just stood and folded my arms I was like well we've still been yeah. um, crap we've still been you know, we've still had to rescue a point late on against a team who plays defensive away from home. But 
No, but I mean, going back to Lynn and Gooch, I agree with their point. I think it was it Gav who made it about um, Gooch and Watmore. That I think, although the situation with Watmore, you've got to play him at the minute, but those two are players I would, are ideal to bring on with 20 minutes to go, because especially because especially with Gooch, opposition teams might not know as much of what he's about. And that was the effect that James McLean had when he first played. That Remember, I think it was Blackburn his debut. Blackburn didn't know what hit them with McLean because they hadn't had a chance to study him or to try and know what he's about. So it's a freshness on the scene that other teams would probably dread playing against, but there you have it. <laughs> we've, we've, uh, we've, we've, at the end of the day, though, we've, we're not in a position to start throwing people into, into, you know, big games. And we did that with Gucci at the start of the season. And he's, he's at a stage now where he's, he's got to be playing football, but it, you don't want him to be playing too much. And, I'd rather Kazri was yeah, getting the minutes on the pitch. He's, oh, without a doubt, uh, without a doubt. Dude, that was for me. For me, that was the. It wasn't. It wasn't vintage Kazri from last season, but it was. It was a very solid performance. He was busy, put himself about, uh, passed well. I mean, created created the chance for Defoe a few minutes in, which he should have buried. Um, and maybe that's what we've been missing. A player who's Can I just say a, a quick one? Um, maybe it's going back to the earlier point, but you just yeah. mentioned like Defoe. So that. Uh, there's the chance that he missed. I mean, I heard people saying that was like that was a sitter. It was a sitter that he missed. But when you actually when you're watching it, everyone thinks he's offside. He thinks he's offside when that happens, and he sort of has to turn his body like hundred degrees to then have a snapshot with the keeper bearing down on him and defenders bearing down on him from both directions. Yes, he's a quality mm. player. He's undoubtedly probably the most experienced striker we've ever had, but. If he'd managed to pull that off, we would have been like, "Oh, that goal!" If, if we if we'd studied that afterwards, we'd be like, "That goal was." Look at how little time and opportunity he had to bury that. It's well, the, the it's two, his second one. Like, Sorry, yeah, his second his second chance. If if he'd buried that first chance, you think Defoe that first, that second one he hits it first time. He mm. takes the touch, and Johnny Evans just has that time to get in the way. And mm. I just think a Defoe who'd already got got one on uh, on Saturday hits that first time. I think um, the thing is, I think though with Defoe we can probably agree, um, he scores goals when it's instinctive. It's like the two goals yeah. he scored this week were instinctive finishes, um, and, and I agree. The, the first chance he gets, he he, he kind of has to think about it because he doesn't mm. know if he's onside. The second one, he has far too long to think about it. I'm not saying he's a, he's not a, he's not on, up to scratch. It just wasn't his day, yeah, really. But same. I mean, I mean if he. If he if he scores oh, that like, first one, he, he definitely scores the second one, doesn't he? He doesn't. Yeah. That's that's just the type of player that he is. He, I mean, he, when when you give Jermaine Defoe a gift of a chance, he, you'd put your mortgage on and putting it away, which is what the first one was really. I mean, nobody nobody in the ground would believe that he missed it, but he's yeah. human, isn't he? He's not. He's not. He's not gonna. He's not going to score all the time. You, the th- what we've gotten used to with Defoe is that he gets one chance in a game yeah. and puts it away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just so happened on this occasion that he had two chances and neither yeah, of the back of the net. I think just statistically he, he scores like one goal in every three or something like that. One goal in every three opportunities taken. So oh, like yeah. I saw it somewhere. I saw it standing. His return yeah, is great. Sorry, it's a shame. That we, as we say, if we could give him more service. I mean, if we could give him nine chances instead of three chances a game, do you know what I mean? Then, then you're looking at something... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Give him nine chances instead of three would be much. We'd be yeah, a much better team, probably much higher. Extremely well. We'd be doing. A Did sport. anybody think David Moyes' comments were a little bit odd after the game? I don't yes. know if it was just yes. heat of the moment, but when he turned around and said like, "Oh, Defoe needs to score yeah. more goals," I mean, yeah, I, I think he's carrying the team. You know, he's the one. Team you can't really criticise too much because he's bailed us out so many times. 
since he's come here. You know, that's a bit. You know, other oh, players. I think it was a Gav said other players need to start chipping in, or whoever mm-hmm. said it was. You know, you can't just if we keep relying on the phone gets injured, what what we're screwed. <laughs> so, but it's views like that that get people onto Moises' back. I'm all about giving him time, and I think some of the some of his history backs up what he wants to do. Yeah, he talks about Everton a bit too much, and it annoys us. Yes, he hasn't given us results from the off. And yes, he didn't do great in his last two jobs. But I definitely think he's sort of the right calibre of manager that needs to come in and can offer us something uh, close to stability. But like Gav's mentioned in the last couple of uh, episodes, just the negative approach he has to the media. And there's a difference between being a, a realist and being well, a pessimist. He's got his back up, and at the minute, he? he seems like he's a pessimist. He's... Yeah, and he comes out and says stuff about Defoe. And you, you're talking about a man who scored four goals for us this season. And nowhere has, sorry, nobody else has come anywhere near that. It, you, you can't, that's treading a line between sort of revolt and trying to put the yes. fire up someone. And he didn't look as if it seems he was like trying to get him up for it. the attention on him to, towards his players. When, well, he's, well, he's, yeah, it's, it's what he's doing is he's managing expectation, isn't he? But I spoke to one of my Everton mates uh, in the week and he said he was always like this at Everton. He said he was always cagey around the media always quite negative and I think it's just something we've got to get used to I think he's never going to be the the Sam Allardyce the personality that everyone he has he has the journals laughing in the press conference he's, he's always going to be quite dour I mean the, the comment he came out with was saying you know this is as good as we can hope for almost you know like a point at home to West Brom but you know he, did, he was a tad more positive at times you know he did he did say look he couldn't fault their effort and he was proud of the fact that they had courage and they weren't they were seeking the ball and you know when things aren't going your way for players to seek the ball you know that's that's a massive positive for us I think at least his email after the game was pretty was pretty positive I thought and I mean he tends obviously he's it's not him sitting typing an email up. I'm not expecting that, but it's, it's obviously him. It's Lovely. obviously him, someone from the club, uh, getting a bit thoughts on it. But his his thoughts were pretty positive. He went from talking about how we got from come from behind, and it was it was pleasing progress. Um, he mentioned that uh, changing the system improved us in terms of getting on the goals. Uh, he said the energy and commitment was great. The endeavour was fantastic, though we are lacking bits of quality. He did make a point of saying that um, quite a lot. Like I say, he spoke to BBC Newcastle after the after the game um, and when he was asked about Chadley's goal and how easy it appeared for him to score it, he was like, well, they've spent money on a player yeah. of that quality. It was, it was a nice little dig, wasn't it? Understand. I enjoyed seeing that. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I, I get a little <laughs> It was thinly veiled, but it was kind of like... It's, it's, it's a bit too late uh, yeah. for that, though, isn't it? That's the trouble with saying that. I mean, he, he, he could have it said is, that uh, like before he took the job, or he could have said it like during the transfer window. It's, it's in the, but that's the thing. It's in the crowd, isn't it? Because he, he, you look this week at, at Jermaine Lenz getting European oh, football of the week, and then oh, we're yeah. looking at what Benjamin would yeah, have yeah, to mad. I think, I think we all had yeah, a miniature meltdown when we saw that. I think I think in fairness though you look at um sorry sorry to cut in there but um I think when you look at the the comment he made um after the Middlesbrough game about the fact that we were going to be expecting a relegation battle nothing else is going to change I think that if that dig well if it, if, it, if it's interpreted as a dig about the whole Chadley uh, money spent on him if that it, I don't know if I would interpret that as a slight dig at Ellis Short to me the whole relegation battle comment was meant to be a dig at Ellis Short in that well unless you give me money this is what you'd expect. 
But anyway, that's a different topic. But I will go back on an earlier point someone made about um, coming from behind late on. It was in Moise's lovely email. Um, and the, the players have got to take some positives from that. I mean, yeah, we didn't win. But the fact they came from behind, which we rarely do, let's be honest, we rarely come from behind when we when we concede first. We usually I end up losing. I think that was necessary. Get, Sorry to cut you up there. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. But on on no, that one, note, like yeah, the the importance of doing that, of once you go a goal down, not letting your heads drop and picking it up and still going back to get get that point. I think that was something that we've been certainly been lacking, obviously all season. But luckily, something we found for even even in such a small way on the last game. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, we're going to have to we're going to have to wrap this up, guys, because uh, we're on strict time limits now. Being the professionals we are, see you in the main. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for joining us again on the Roker Report. We'll be looking forward to our well to the end of the international break, so we can actually see if there's been any changes or development in the team. I can't imagine there would have been. Uh, cheers for joining me today, lads. Always good to have you. Always good to be surrounded by Mac and accents. Makes Lovely me, makes me uh, Thank you so much. And if you could send me yeah. some peace Britain, Gav, I'd really appreciate that, mate. <laughs> it might, it might be off trouble. by the time we get that's to you. I don't get anyone to the down. That's why I can't take all that time in the coat. Anyway, all right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll be, uh, yeah, have another one next week for you. And uh, yeah, take care. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.